Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, dear friends in Christ. In preaching on a text from the Gospel of John, I frequently find it helpful to reflect upon these words from John 20:31 as I begin my preparation. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Here in chapter 11 of the Gospel of John, we see Jesus revealed as the Christ, the Son of God, the one who comes to give us life. Here we see his power and authority. We see his love and compassion. Here we see him in complete control of the situation as he journeys towards Jerusalem, where he intends to fulfill the Father's plan of salvation by making atonement for the sins of the world. In holy baptism, we receive the gift of faith. Here we became forever connected with the one true God, our Creator, Savior, and Sanctifier. In baptism, the Apostle Paul teaches, you and I experienced a Lazarus-like resurrection, passing through death into life at the word of our Lord. In baptism, we are assured of the forgiveness of sins, in baptism, we are assured of God's blessing in this life and in the life to come. And so, when the inevitable ad adversities of life come our way, we need to turn to him, who not only has a desire, but the power and the ability to help us in our time of need. The one who is true to his word, the one who is faithful to his promises, our good and gracious Lord. In John chapter 11, adversity comes to the home of Mary and Martha. Their beloved brother Lazarus becomes seriously ill and dies. They call for Jesus, who comes and raises Lazarus from the dead. While this results in joy, awe, wonder, gratitude for them and their community, it by no means brings an end to adversity in their lives. In fact, I've heard it said that perhaps one of the reasons why Jesus wept was his realization that he was bringing Lazarus back from true peace in heaven to real trouble and trial here in this life. The resurrection of Lazarus also brought adversity into the lives of the church leaders, the Sanhedrin. Something needs to be done about this right now, they say. If he keeps doing things like this, everybody's going to believe in him. And we will lose our place. It's interesting that the church leaders do not deny the miracle, but rather they simply react to it. And Caiaphas adds, it's better that one man 
should die for the people. His response to adversity was to condemn Jesus to death. Nevertheless, in the meeting of these corrupt Jewish religious leaders, we see the hand of God, a hand that is in complete control. Adversity is no respecter of persons. And while you might expect it, I'm not talking here about the placement process. This kind of adversity is nothing compared to the adversity we face in life and in ministry. The question is, how will we respond when adversity enters our lives? The scriptures encourage us to call on the Lord Jesus Christ because of who he is, the almighty Son of God and Savior of the world, and because of the truth of his word. When he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, know that the one speaking is he who was forsaken for our sake. And it is he who speaks the truth to us. Know, too, that our Savior can relate to the adversities that we go through in life. He knows all about temptation, and he understands grief, and he's been there, bearing our griefs and carrying our sorrows. And so we pray. We pray. Sometimes our prayers are answered almost immediately. Sometimes, however, the answer is very long in coming. And sometimes the answer that we want never comes. It's when the answer is long in coming, or when the answer that we want never comes, that our faith is sorely tried. That was the situation for Mary and Martha. They had prayed fervently to God for help. They had also sent a personal message to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't even come to see Lazarus. He lets Lazarus die. And yet across the black shadow of this devastating illness falls the golden ray of Christ's word from, the, from his own lips. This illness is not unto death. It's for the glory of God. <coughs> the religious leaders thought it would be better for one man to die for the people. And yes, this too is for the glory of God. There are many wonderful examples of how God has allowed adversity in a person's life to impact the life of another for eternity. In the scripture, we think immediately of the cross and then of Noah, Joseph, David, many of the prophets in the Old Testament, the disciples, the apostle Paul in the New. But then on re further reflection, we realize that dealing with adversity is a common thing that threads its way throughout Scripture, throughout biblical history, throughout church history, even in our lives today. But here, as in the Scriptures, the Lord is always faithful to his promise, his promise to make all things work together for our good. As we deal with adversity in life, 
Let us remember that Jesus Christ is very much alive and that it is his desire and also he has the power and the ability to help us in our need. With this in mind, we would do well always to remember our baptism and the promises of his word. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And this is the truth. Amen. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds in true faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.